Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. A major announcement has been released from the Utah Aerospace and Defense Association. They've brought on a new CEO to lead the association and drive growth in Utah's tech and defense industries. So what does that mean for Utah's future and what may be coming in the future for Utah's defense industry? It's a really crucial one. It's a fascinating one that I don't think we fully appreciate or recognize its influence both here in the state and across the country. And uh, as I mentioned, they have named a new president and CEO. It's Aaron Starks. Uh, So he is the new president and CEO of the Utah Aerospace and Defense Association. You may remember previously he worked for the World Trade Center Utah as chief revenue officer, uh, leading the organization's business development and delivery of consultative business services, an important uh, role there as well. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Boyd, always great to be with you. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on the the new post as president and CEO of the Utah Aerospace and Defense Association. Give us a little uh, perspective in terms of uh, the association itself and uh, why it matters uh, not just to that industry, but to really all of us here in the state. Yeah, it's a great question. It, it really does matter to all of us. Um, you think about the Utah economy, over a thousand companies directly contribute to the aerospace and defense industry. Now, when I say directly, I'm not talking about the indirect interaction that other companies and industries share with that industry. For example, transportation, logistics, uh, anything supply chain related, tech, marketing, et cetera. Um, you know, the northern Utah economy boasts one of the, the premier military Air Force base installations in the country. Uh, I, I recently heard a statistic that there's about a billion dollars on the payroll just inside the gates at, at uh, Hill Air Force Base which is a staggering statistic if you think about the northern Utah economy. But then outside of that base, you've got tech and innovation, data, intelligence, security, defense companies on and off the Wasatch Front doing incredible things, winning contracts with the DOD. This is extremely important for the state. 32,000 jobs are, are created, have been created over the past two decades just in this industry alone. We're excited to uh, convene, promote, and advocate for this industry move forward. Uh, we've had some uh, exciting prospects uh, over the years in, in terms of growing organizations. Uh, when you were part of Franklin Covey, uh, you were doing international pieces headquartered in Tokyo and really extending the reach there. Obviously, the work with uh, World Trade Center Utah. What was it about uh, this association uh, in the aerospace and defense uh, that was so intriguing and compelling to you? Impact. You know, as I, uh, as my wife and I contemplated the best way that we could serve the community, be involved here in the state, um, I felt like there, 
um, as we look at all of these industries that are, are, are growing, fastest growing life science community in, in the nation here in Utah, uh, for the first time in, 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 in the nation's history, a, a state outside of California, outside of uh, Silicon Valley, outpaced job growth for tech jobs per capita than, than California. That was Utah. So between tech, life sciences, um, you know, the most diverse economy in the country, we've become a hotbed for aerospace and defense. And, and I looked at this as an opportunity to, to put Utah on the map in a new way. I'm excited to leverage some of those experiences that I've had early on in my career. But I'm really excited and grateful to companies like uh, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, uh, Northrop Grumman, Hexel, you know, L3. I mean, these are great companies with very sharp industry leaders, executives who at the helm of the Aer- Aerospace and Defense Association want to jump in and help with workforce development, help attract uh, you know, more FDI into the state. Um, and so for me, it was a no-brainer. I'm just, I'm just grateful they took a chance on me and, and look forward to working with incredible people. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, well, let's take a look at uh, what comes next. Uh, as you look out on the horizon at Utah's aerospace and defense industry, what are some of the things that you're watching? What are some of the early things you hope to be focusing on? Well, early on, we, we know that marketing is key. And uh, for an industry association like ours, convening these companies and being able to tell their story is going to help uh, increase our the probability to win DOD contracts to bring more jobs to the state. I know Governor Cox has talked a lot about automating manufacturing. I think the aerospace and defense uh, industries are great are a great way to do that. So if we can if we can go to work, partner with our federal delegation or our local delegation, put together great proposals to bring more innovation and technology to, to Utah. I think that's going to be great, again, for the workforce to stimulate the economy, to create more jobs. Um, and so I'm looking for all of those things. But, but I'm also looking at 2023, excited for, uh, for the, the annual summit that we're going to be hosting. We're going to be flying in speakers from all around the world. Um, and then obviously showcasing local companies as well. So, and, and Boyd, you'll be a big part of that. We appreciate the KSL team, and and uh, again, just a lot, of, a lot of great things to look to, uh, look forward to on the horizon. Yeah, and what's what's one of the big challenges that you think uh, the the industry faces? Obviously, there's all kinds of challenges uh, globally, and uh, the need for these kinds of systems and technology and defense. Uh, I don't know that it's ever been greater, or there's been less stability in, in certain parts of the world. But what are some of the challenges you see for the industry here in the state of Utah? And again, as you said, uh, pointing to the national as well. Right now, sourcing talent is is a struggle. Um, coders, engineers, software developers. And, and when, we, when we hear aerospace and defense, we think of F-15s, F-22s, we think about planes. And, and, and certainly that's one component of this, of this association and the, the broader industry. But with data intelligence i'm I'm actually here in lehigh looking across the valley at the nsa facility 
the amount of uh, technical expertise that we need to incubate here in the state through through our higher education institutions continues to be a problem. I just recently spoke with uh, President Brad Mortensen at Weber State University. That's foremost on his mind is how do we source talent? How do we grow talent so that we can create these jobs that our companies so desperately need to fill? Yeah, I think that uh, partnership with the universities to make sure we're getting the kind of talent that uh, we're going to need to staff all of that. And as you said, it's not just about flying airplanes. Uh, there's so many uh, data pieces, technical pieces, coding pieces that uh, that need to be part of that. Uh, anything else that you're looking at or anything that's kind of uh, under the uh, the headlines there, kind of beyond the horizon that you've got your eye on uh, in, in these early days uh, with the association? You know, I, I think I would just call out, a, you know, a few companies in particular and the industry itself. Unlike a lot of industries here in the state, there's greater stability within aerospace and defense because many of these contractors um, are reliant on, on, on agreements with the Department of Defense, which means there's less volatility. Even if the market decides to react, we all know that we're heading into a bit of a recession here and, 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 and might feel the full effect in Q1 of 2023. But I'm excited that in spite of all the volatility and commotion around the world, this industry is is uh, is fairly um, yeah, well, you know, we're we're very stable. Uh, you know, the other thing too is as we look at what's happening around the world, given you know, look look at the conflict in U- Ukraine. That's great for Utah because we manufacture military equipment, uh, hardware that the Ukrainian government is looking to buy. Um, I recently was uh, with Fordham Technologies. Fordham uh, manufactures the defense drone technology that autonomously will digitize, protect, and defend an airspace above a structure or a stadium. They just won the World mm-hmm. Cup contract. Wow. They're going to be uh, working in Ukraine more uh, as a counter-defense strategy for these Iranian uh, drones that keep right. that keep coming in and destroying Kiev and other parts of the country. And so I'm excited about that. We need to get out and tell the story so that more companies will come to the state so that we can attract more talent. Uh, Great insight. Great stuff. Aaron Starks is the new president and CEO of the Utah Aerospace and Defense Association. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Best of luck. We'll be talking to you again real soon. Boyd, have a great day. Thank you. All right, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll take a little break for top of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to talk about divided government. And is it better government? That's an important conversation. Stick around with us. Much more to come in hour number two of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.